0: here are your hosts, Matt Malouf and Barbara Turley.
1: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm very excited to be co-hosting this show with uh, Matt Malouf. Matt, how's it going?
2: It's going great, Barb. How are you going today?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Excited to be kicking off our first show together.
2: I sure am. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that we were we were just sitting around having a coffee, talking about the the challenges that our okay. clients and and we we were having with. Uh, with our virtual teams and we come up with the idea for this podcast and and here we are
1: absolutely yeah i know i mean it's uh, we were just chatting saying that one of the things nobody's really out there talking about is you know how do we solve some of the challenges that we face when you have virtual teams because it's not easy let's face it
2: absolutely absolutely and you know we i think the idea and ideal of, of a virtual team um, is attractive to a lot of people but there's wading through the minefield of challenges like in most teams that you build within business no one's really talking about it so that's the exciting part about this
1: yeah yeah great so um obviously you have uh teams in your business and you've been coaching lots of businesses who are trying to put teams into lots of businesses so you've got a a wealth of knowledge in this area
2: absolutely yeah i think over the over the last four to five years, having uh, employed many virtual assistants myself and virtual teams and and, and also coaching many people uh, both in Australia and around the world into you know, coaching them around how to implement virtual teams, I've learned so much. I've made plenty of mistakes, but also had plenty of, of success around it. And the, the exciting thing for me is now I can run multiple businesses uh, from my home office and have people literally all around the world working with us to help us grow these successful companies so it's uh it's certainly been a, a, an amazing journey and opened my eyes to uh, the possibilities around this and i mean it was interesting that because that was similar how uh, how we met wasn't it you know through through working together and uh, and your development of virtual angel hub
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you you know were so pivotal in that decision for me because, you know, I, I had, as you know, been putting some virtual assistants into uh, client businesses of uh, clients I was coaching and had had a lot of success doing that. And i would had a lot of success with um, virtual assistants myself in my own businesses and running multiple different things at the same time. And before I knew it, I was, as you know, I was getting phone calls from friends of friends saying, hey, can you get me one of those virtual assistants? And before I knew it, Virtual Angel Hub was born. But the the issues I've seen um, with people trying to get success in this area has been eye opening for me, too. And when we were chatting, it became so obvious that this sort of a podcast is really, really needed this sort of a show to help people to actually get more successful in this area because it isn't easy.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I guess just to, to flow on from there, uh, Bob, as we were talking, you know, the, the real purpose of what we want to achieve with this show is to, I guess, first and foremost, educate everyone on how to implement and, and maximize the use of virtual teams in your businesses. I think secondly is then to provide strategies and tactics throughout that implementation process. And I guess lastly is to uh, talk about our, our own experiences and, and, and bring case studies, but also interview other successful business owners who have got virtual teams, both small and large, in their companies, so that everyone can hear from uh, from others on their experience and the I guess the pros and cons or do's and don'ts of virtual teams.
1: Absolutely, and I think um, you know one of the exciting things that I'm looking forward to is we're going to be bringing, you know, people in to talk to us and to talk to the listeners from lots of different industries. Because I bet you hear this one a lot, Matt, as well. And I do. Oh, that won't work for me in my industry. You know, and what I always say to people is at the end of the day, business is business. And it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. You know, the, the systems and the teams and running people and leadership is all the same stuff, regardless of industry and
2: watch the of the Absolutely. I think it was uh Dan Kennedy who had that that phrase written above his desk in his office uh that 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 said it won't work for me and if I had a dollar for every time I heard that um I I certainly would ne- never need to work again. But the reality is as you, as you said the underlying uh, fundamentals don't change, and it doesn't change in this area of, of, of running a virtual team either. It's like any area of business, though. It's about learning, it's about understanding, it's about implementing, and it's about optimizing. So you know, it's it's exciting, and I think that uh, I certainly have the belief when it comes to virtual teams that every business across every industry can utilise this in some way.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have put virtual teams into everything from you know, a tennis center to swim schools to financial advice businesses, uh, a lawyer's office, you know, my own online coaching type businesses and content marketing, social media, everything. So everything in between, it can really, really work. But as you know, Matt, you know, the challenges, there are a couple of really key challenges that trip people up, I guess, and you would see this and I see this. People get tripped up, then get frustrated, and that's when when the it doesn't work for me, feeling comes out and I think a lot of clients that I'm dealing with as well they can start to feel a bit down on themselves because they think well how is everybody else making this work so let's really delve I reckon we should just delve straight into what do you think is the number one what's the number one challenge that you think people face when it comes to building virtual teams that you're seeing
2: as I was preparing for today and just on that whole question about the number one I mean so many areas came up but the one that I think stood out when I when I looked at my notes was really around uh, communication to virtu- to your virtual teams the yeah. the most appropriate and the and the best ways to communicate. What what are your thoughts, Bob?
1: Oh, uh, you know when you said that to me as we were chatting, you know, pre the show. I, I mean, it just so resonated with me because that would be the you know there are a lot of number one challenges but one of the biggest ones is definitely communication and naturally as i was saying to you as humans you know we all think that we are effective communicators you know we we don't wake up every day going gosh i'm a terrible communicator because we all think that well surely i'm being clear but the problem is that sometimes what we say and what someone else hears are two totally different things and that can cause massive breakdowns when it comes to any team actually let alone virtual teams but even more so with virtual teams i think
2: absolutely yeah. absolutely so i mean why don't we why don't we just explore this area of communication mm. and you know what i was thinking bob we could do is why don't why don't we share both of us share our top 3 communication tips when working working with virtual teams
1: oh yes yeah, so i definitely definitely have three key ones i'm sure you do too absolutely. so let's Let's get straight into it. I mean, you know, look, the the number one, I suppose that the the number one thing that I tell clients um when they're coming to, you know, they're coming to Virtual Angel Hub looking to hire a virtual assistant or to to put teams in place. And before actually we go out recruiting or we do anything with that client, the first thing that we sit down with them and say is that you they they need to try to document their processes in their own business. Now that sounds incredibly dull. You know, when you talk about process mapping and sitting down and writing step-by-step processes for things, it is very boring. And a lot of people say to me, I'm sorry, I just don't have time for that. And my response to that is really, if you invest the time and just take a little bit of time out to pause and actually think about what are the, um, I call them the recurring task list. So what are the tasks that happen every day every week, every month, every quarter in my business that mean my business, the engine keeps running. And that can be everything from, you know, checking email to live chat on websites to, you know, keeping up your social media, you know, booking appointments, whatever. It can be, you know, inventory, it could be anything. But it's about getting very clear on what those tasks are and then documenting them in such a way that then you're creating a system that you can then bring a person like a virtual team or a virtual assistant in to run for you. Um, but the beauty about it is, I mean, I do this in several businesses of my own where we have very clear, very detailed recurring task lists. And what it means is that I can actually swap out one of my virtual assistants and put a new one in pretty quickly with minimal training time because the step-by-step is so clear. And it makes my life very stress-free, I have to say, to actually have it running that way, like a, a well-oiled machine, put it that way.
2: So, and, and Bob, just a quick question. When, when, when you're talking about recurring task lists, like, what's the frequency of those?
1: Uh, well, I, I run them like this, and this is what we do with clients as well. I, we get them to write down daily, the daily task list, so go through a full day, what actually are, is every single thing that happens in one day in that business to keep it going. That is required. Then weekly tasks, uh, monthly tasks and quarterly. So we actually have those different four different recurring task lists. I mean, obviously, and you would love this one, Matt, obviously there are things in there that need to be eliminated or automated, not necessarily delegated. But that's a whole other next step. But getting clear on what the actual tasks are to keep a business running. And that's aside from projects. That's just like the, the maintenance of a business A lot of small business owners are doing it all themselves. There's an awful lot of tasks that can be done by somebody else if they just get clear on what it is that they're supposed to be doing.
2: Absolutely. And and just to add to that, you know, I I was coaching one of our clients this week and he's got a virtual team and he was saying he's got his, for each member of the team, their daily task list that automatically comes up in, uh, I think he uses teamwork as his uh, project management tool.
0: Mm-hmm. You have to have
1: I said, a management tool to make that work. By the way, that's my other just point on that. You need a project management tool.
2: Uh, yeah, and, and we both use Asana with great success as well in our own businesses. The amazing thing was, uh, and his comment to me this week was, because of this recurring daily list, there's no guessing. They, the, the, each member of the team knows exactly what is expected of them when it's due. And 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 they can communicate through the project management tool when it's done or where they're stuck. Yes. And in light in light of this this uh, the theme of of communication today, how brilliant is that? Where you don't even need to have a, have a conversation with somebody because it's all there, and they can just start working and, and get straight to it.
1: Yeah, what's important as well, what I what I love, about, I mean, I'm a real systems person, so I just love having everything written down, documented and very clear. But the other thing is, it's very clear to the person doing the task what success looks like for you. So they know if they're doing it, you know, if you have it laid out properly, you lead them on a path towards success in that task rather than allowing them to kind of get lost trying to make stuff up, you know, and think about what you might like things like that. So I, I like the written form of communication. So I guess my, my key takeaway from this particular point would be to try and just take the time out and actually invest the time in thinking about your business and what tasks need to be done and how exactly the steps for each task, you know. So Matt, what would be your top tip on communication, do you think?
2: My top tip is is really about creating a meeting rhythm with your with your direct reports and your virtual team. And what I mean by meeting rhythm is how appropriate is it for you, how, sorry, how frequent is it, how, how frequently should you be meeting with, with your virtual team? I'll give a couple of examples here. And I think it is very role dependent. My virtual slash personal assistant, Vanessa, who's worked with me for three years now, we meet daily. We have a verbal conversation on Skype and it goes for 10 minutes and it's just checking in, uh, I, I, you know, I own and operate four companies so we're, we're just checking in with what's going on in each company, where, where everything's at, where she may be stuck and it gives me an opportunity to uh, delegate uh, additional tasks if and when needed. Um, I've got our uh, in one of our companies we've got an online marketing manager. Uh it's appropriate for me to meet with him weekly. He's working on bigger projects. Uh so we have a weekly meeting where we discuss each of the active projects, where they're at, how the rest of the team is operating and, and are we on, you know, on schedule, behind, ahead, where is it all at? At other times it may require ad hoc meetings, do you know what I mean, for us to discuss an issue or, or you know, come up with a, a solution or, or, or um, work together on the next steps. But I think from a communication perspective, uh, choosing the most appropriate rhythm based on the role is critical. And I think just to add to that as a, you need to visualize this person, forget where they are in the world, Imagine they were in your office, sitting next to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: If they were in your office, sitting next to you, and you were working in this, in, in, they were working in their role, and you were in yours. How often would you meet with them? How often would you converse with them? How would that operate? And just take that same uh, rhythm and apply it into the into the virtual world, and utilize whether it's tools like Skype, uh, GoToMeeting, uh, uh, Google Hangouts, whatever it may be utilize those communication channels in order to uh, to support your meeting rhythm.
1: I think as well, just on that, Matt, I love that. I was thinking about, you know, we've all worked in office environments. And, you know, the one thing that's great about working in an office environment together is there's always a bit of banter. You know, there's always a bit of, a bit of fun here and there in the workday. And what I find is sometimes people don't, when they have virtual teams, they think you can't have that with a virtual team, but you can. You can have a lot of banter and a bit of fun with your virtual teams as well, just on Skype or, you know, Skype chat or Slack chat or whatever you're using. But, you know, that's how you build a lot of rapport. It doesn't always have to be, you know, every second a task is getting ticked off. There can be just times when it's just a bit of rapport building as well.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Again, regardless of where someone is in the world, people are people and, we, and, yeah. and people are attracted to relationships. And that's what we all, all desire. That's what we all want.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's funny on that point of the meeting I mean you know I, I've been working with clients that you know where virtual teams we've put in place haven't really been working out or virtual assistant hasn't worked out and when I've delved in you know there was one particular occasion where I found out that the, the, the person hadn't really spoken to the VA for probably three weeks they'd been away and you know the VA was had gotten lost there was mistakes happening and, and I was really saying I mean, minimum minimum weekly meeting you know with a very clear agenda and even a check-in like just that sense of how's it going you know rather than allowing someone to just uh they can flounder if, if there's no leadership i guess and, and meetings develop rapport and a sense of leadership as well for you as a business owner i think especially when you have a clear agenda for a meeting
2: absolutely absolutely i think i think uh, the agenda is critical otherwise it's just a conversation isn't it
1: yeah and people can get lost you know if if it, learning how to lead a meeting i think is, is something that uh, i've discovered that you know a lot of people actually struggle with because they're trying to be nice on a meeting and have a chit chat and then the chit chat goes on for too long and the there's no um, action steps or conclusion reached with the meeting so it's important to have an agenda and be fluid but have an agenda i guess that would be my I guess my second tip um, in in terms of communication would be that minimum weekly meeting. And I like your idea, though, of role dependent, because if somebody is you're working directly with you, you know, my VA works directly with me. I talk to them all day, every day. I mean, it's constant. We're in constant communication.
2: Yeah. So, so, um, um, Bob, how long do you, you feel a weekly meeting should go for?
1: I think half an hour, if it's got a clear agenda, you should be able to take through quite a lot of stuff in 30 minutes. Depends on the size of the business and it also depends on the the complexity of the role. You know, I don't think two hour meetings are warranted, but you know, 30 minutes to half, uh, sorry, half an hour to an hour and with a clear agenda and get to the point, you know, build rapport, but get to the point and have action items at the end of the meeting so that everyone knows what they're supposed to be doing um after the meeting. I also think be very direct, you know, I guess my my third point, I guess, would be people avoid, you know, I I find business owners avoiding direct conversations when issues come up. So dancing around issues causes uh things to fester and resentment builds. And then when resentment builds with your team, you can, you know, we've all, we're all guilty of this, you know, but you can lash out or you can, your tone can change and you're you're trying to give them, you know, let people know that you're annoyed without saying it. And I think it's better just to be upfront and be direct. If mistakes are happening, if work is sloppy, if things are, you know, slipping, call a meeting and be very direct, but nice. And just, you know, you can be nice and direct would be what I would say. Do you find that with clients you're working with?
2: I certainly do. You wouldn't have an example of, uh, you know, this this direct communication uh, that you may have experienced in the last fortnight?
1: Yes, I do. I do. So for example, we had an issue in the last fortnight where, you know, a particular, it wasn't in my, it wasn't actually in my business, it was in a client's business. And they were really struggling because the VA was, look, you know, there they weren't really there when they were supposed to be there. So there was this issue of, you know, well, she's supposed to be working for me during this time. And although the tasks are being done, I don't know when they're being done. So, you know, in the end, we actually three of us got on a call together and I was very adamant that I wanted the VA on that call as well because otherwise it just turns into a kind of a whinging session, you know, between client and me. And it's better if we actually have everybody on the call and let's address the issue. So we actually got, it actually was a, one of my assistants who manages some, some of the accounts got on the call and was saying, you know, look, here's the issue. Um, we understand tasks are being done, but we've noticed that it's, you know, you're not available during the times that we need you to be available. And what actually transpired was, you know, it actually was a personal issue going on with that particular Uh, VA and we got to the bottom of it and we resolved the issue but it wasn't that it was a bad employee or you know there were actually some personal issues going on that we were able to help solve and work around and then everyone was happy everyone felt good about themselves and the whole issue got resolved and everyone was happy in the end
2: and how long did that meeting go for
1: half an hour Interesting. yeah get straight into it everybody knew what the meeting was going to be about
2: yeah, I think, I think that's such a, a, a great example and I think that yeah, direct communication is critical in any relationship, in any business relationship, whether that's someone Even again sitting, sitting next to you. Sorry, what was that? Even in a marriage. Oh, I'm 100% in a marriage. <laughs> yeah. Is my wife sitting next to you telling you to say that?
1: <laughs> yeah, she emailed
2: me earlier. <laughs> um, yeah no, so I think that that's uh, absolutely. I think direct direct uh, communication is is critical. So seeing as you've jumped ahead, Barb, and taken number two and number three, it's my time to catch it. up. Sorry, I
1: forgot to ask you what you what were been, like, hog in the limelight. That's okay.
2: No, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's okay. When you're on a roll, you're on a roll. My my second one, which I think is is really in line with with everything that we're talking about here and and what you were talking about with direct communi- uh, communication is I think it's being uh, critical of your own communication style and understanding what your preferences are. So let me give an example. My preference is verbal communication. I'm not very good and I don't really have the patience for large emails, lots of typing, uh, lots of lists. I like to just be able to just jump on a Skype call and quickly download what I need um, and have it done. Um, the challenge with that, though, is that a lot of that can get lost because, uh, you know, it's not recorded. There's no, no record of it. So um, uh, one of the ways around this uh, that we use in our business uh, and we use Asana is that let's say I jump on a call with, uh, with Vanessa, my, my, my personal assistant. Um, we will have Asana open. And throughout that call... Uh, I may download you know half a dozen tasks that I need done, and what I can do is in real time, I can watch them being inputted into Asana with uh, due dates on them so that there's a there's a record of it and it, it works for it, yeah, it works for Vanessa and it works for me.
1: and she writes it so you get her to write the task, so that means that she's writing it in how she understands it. so that's very effective.
2: absolutely. So
1: that's yeah. a great idea because then. You're using verbal communication, which works for you, but you can also see how she's interpreting what you're saying in terms of how she's writing the task for herself to then be done. Exactly. That's a great idea.
2: And then if I'm on the run, what I then also do is I'll um, I use a, a little uh, app called DropVox with a V, mm. which enables me to, to, to have uh, voice recordings that get uploaded into a Dropbox that Vanessa has access to. So, if I 'm out and about and I think of uh tasks that I need done again rather than trying to type out messages, uh, I will uh, re- leave a quick drop vox message just with bullet points and when I leave that message it's critically important that you speak slow uh so that they can capture everything that that you you're downloading to them and then what uh, again, we have a process in line with your With your first uh, uh, point, Bob, we have a process when a drop vox message comes in, which it gets transcribed. It gets, if there's tasks attached to it, they get inputted into Asana. And then the audio is also uploaded into Asana as a record. So that, again, there's no, oh, he said, she said, it's all there. It's all very transparent, it's all very uh, simple.
1: Well, this is a great way too for people who were sort of yawning when I was talking about writing processes, because a lot of people hate doing that, and I totally understand that. But here's a way where you can actually get one of your uh, a virtual assistant or one of your team to actually help create the processes in your business for you, so you can do this Dropbox idea or you know verbal communication and have them as a role. Uh, it could be a project that they do where they have to build the systems and the processes for the business without you having to actually write them down yourself.
2: Absolutely. I'll I'll, I'll add to that. And one of the methods that I use, uh, because I'm one of these people, I love systems, but I hate uh, actually creating them. (laughs) I just don't have the patience for them. Uh, For me, the number one tool in... Business for me is a whiteboard or A3 pen with Sharpie markers, A3 paper with Sharpie markers.
1: Oh, you're one of those, yeah. I,
2: I'm very, very tactile, and so I will literally have uh, my voice recorder open, and I'll be drawing a mind map while keep while while talking out the process. I then take, I finish that. I take a photo of the whiteboard, and I send the audio with the whiteboard to to someone on my team. Who then creates a flow chart in, in using a flowchart software, uh, as well as a transcription of of what I've just talked about? There's a system right there.
1: Fantastic! I love that idea. I'm stealing that one immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea.
2: So, so yeah, I think, I think that, uh, that 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 uh, as I said, uh, appropriate communication styles both for you and for them. It's not. I don't think it's fair. In, with any any uh, person on your team to just communicate in the style that works for you, you have to uh, work with them in, in what they what they need as well. Yes my, And my third and final point and it's a really quick one, but I really do think it's it's critical. I think many business owners have so much going on that we and we're going at such hyper speed that often our communication is really fast. And when, you, when you're working with a virtual team, particularly when you're working with people overseas where English is their second language, you've got to remember that they're having to not only listen in English, but translate it in from their, to understand it as well. Yeah. So one of the things, uh, whenever I'm, well, we've got virtual teams both uh, domestically and internationally. Whenever I'm speaking to any of our international team, I, I have to centre myself prior to the call and slow my speech down in order to speak clearly uh, in, uh, so, that, so that I don't have to repeat myself.
1: And simple language, do you find that as well? I mean, if you're using industry jargon, for example, and I've had a client that fell into this trap, using industry jargon and then tasks going completely wrong because somebody didn't really understand what a word meant. Even I didn't understand what the word meant actually when we <laughs> looked at it because I wasn't in that industry. But yeah, clear simple language. To
2: the point, but but if industry jargon is relevant and needed, you need to train them in that. You need exactly. to educate them in that. Yeah. So, but but absolutely, I think simple, uh, uh, clear, slowly spoken language, uh, and communication is is critical. And 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 I think, um, uh, and I, I talk about this one not just from a theoretical perspective, but it works. Every time, and I still fall into the trap of it, even after having virtual teams for many years now, where I'll be on the run and I'll quickly download something to them and and it gets lost because I'm talking too fast.
1: Yes. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I suppose that's why I tend to lean towards written for me, that my communication style is more written, probably because I have a tendency to speak way too fast. I've got a funny accent, you know, all those sort of things. So uh, written works better for me in that way.
2: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I think I think it's it's that combination, isn't it? I think that and uh, and and working through it. One thing too, just on the whole written thing that I've been working with is, uh, I know that the uh, dictation devices are becoming more and more accurate as well. I know on the phone I'll use the dictation quite a bit in sending messages and the like to the team also. So that's a that's another way yeah, you can do. combine both. And in the upcoming book that that i'm uh in the process of writing which is on theme um around uh around what we're doing in this podcast uh ninety percent of that book has been written by me uh using dictation software so it it really is becoming very very powerful and it 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 solves that problem uh of written and verbal communication doesn't it
1: absolutely absolutely you know Matt I think you know the the key thing and we've talked about this so many times is you know getting bringing virtual teams bringing any team on board in your business is not as easy as people think but it's so worth it when you make it work and it can work and it does work it just takes a little bit of focus and a bit of time and investment I guess in making it work would you agree with that?
2: Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 you know what? Just to add, I, I think it, it may not be easy, but it's simple. It's the simple <laughs> principles, and, and that's what we, if you think about these six points that we've spoken about today. Uh, you, you know, these are simple principles that are not isolated to to virtual team success. It's it's in all relationships that you have,
0: mm.
2: and uh, and and keeping in mind that the simple fundamentals don't shift. Uh, uh, whether you're, you've got a local or international, or you've got local teams or international teams.
1: Absolutely. You know, I know we've we've so many things. You know, my, my mind is buzzing with all the um, topics that we can cover. You know, that flow on from this, and you know the the next few weeks in the all the different shows, we've got plenty to talk about. So I'm pretty excited. Show one under our belt.
2: Absolutely. It's been it's been a blast, hasn't it, Barb? i have really I've, enjoyed this.
1: Yeah. Looking forward to next week. So. Yeah, guys, make sure you join us every week for this um, virtual success show because we're going to really delve into this issue, and we're going to make sure our mission here is to get you guys really successful with you know your virtual teams and making it work for you. Because when it does, it's explosively good for your business. Would you agree, Matt? I'm sure you would.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Bob, you have a fantastic week, and I look forward to uh, to the next episode.
1: Absolutely. You too. Thanks, everyone.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found
2: this show helpful,
0: take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.